Hello, hello, I'm Matt Williamson. This is the Locked On NFL Podcast, and it is Twitter Thursday. Every time I say that Twitter Thursday, I always sound like I'm, I sound like I've, I feel like I sound like Ross Tucker. He always just kind of has that little tone about him. Twitter Thursday about on his podcast. Maybe he rubbed off on me in the ESPN days. Anyways, like I said, today's Twitter Thursday. Got a lot of good questions from you all, and we also have a very good game tonight. The Saints travel to Atlanta. Highly competitive division. Two of the best teams in the league. Uh, Atlanta fighting for their playoff lives. The Saints are getting two and a half per our buddies at my bookie. All right, Saints have the ball. Don't know if we have Ingram or not. But Kamara has been a madman, a madman, an elite receiver. Much better balance and power than I thought. After contact running, his line has done a really good job. A big key to this game with or without Ingram to me is the Falcons have allowed the most receptions by opposing running backs in the league this year. That's not good against the Saints and Kamara. Even Ingram, he catches a fair amount. So, I don't know how to comment on Ingram as it stands here, 1 o'clock, you know, what, seven hours before kickoff. But I do like the Kamara matchup a ton. I mean, I think he puts up huge yardage tonight. Even if Ingram's there, I think they collectively put up huge yardage on the ground and as outlet receivers. I like the Saints' big men. And I like the, the Falcons' defensive line, don't get me wrong. But I like the Saints' O-line in the run and pass game in this advantage. Trufant's expected to be back, but he'll probably line up to Breeze's right basically every snap. And he'll probably get Teddy Ginn a lot. So I think Michael Thomas can take advantage of some advantages as well. I don't think Breeze will be asked to do a lot, but it's a dome. You know, uh, I, I think he'll do well. Thomas, running backs, controlled, maybe not take a lot of deep shots. But I see a lot of points from the paint, the Saints offense tonight. Flipping the script, <sighs> Latimer's supposed to play. Will they shadow Julio with him? I would think they would. Xavier Rhodes got the better of Julio last year. We had Mike Renner on yesterday. He was saying he'd take Lattimore over Rhodes. I don't know that I agree at this stage of their careers. And if I had to have won the guard Julio, I would prefer Rhodes because he's the more physical guy and more experienced. And Lattimore's got an ankle. I mean, so let's say those guys battle to a draw or Julio gets a slight advantage there. Or maybe he gets a big advantage. I mean, if that ankle's bad. I also think Sanu can have a real big game. I think the Falcons running backs can be highly effective in the receiving game as well. Maybe Hooper kicks in with a play or two, maybe down by the goal line. I think Matt Ryan will have a lot of things at his liking there, including a really good run game. Um, I think Cameron Jordan could cause a lot of problems coming from Ryan's right side. But overall, I like their ability to control the line of scrimmage. I think Levitre is going to be out for this game. So keep an eye on Sheldon Rankins. I think Rankins could have a nice game. Um, but the Saints D worries me, even with Latimer, in a, in a shootout situation like this. I'm taking the Falcons to win, but like 38-37. 
So I thought this game should be basically a pick 'em. I just looked now, like I said, getting two and a half. So I'll take the two and a half. But I do like Atlanta to win. I feel like it's a game you want to start all your fantasy guys. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I think both quarterbacks, I don't say it's an epic duel, but I think it'll be a memorable battle between quarterbacks going back and forth. And it might be one of those situations like last stud to have the ball wins. And Atlanta's at home, slightly more desperate team. Uh, I like a lot of their matchups when Ryan has the ball. I like a lot of the matchups when either team has the ball, I guess. Both teams are probably middle of the road to slightly below average on special teams. There's not a huge advantage there. So again, 38-37 home team. All right, like I said, it is Twitter Thursday. Uh, my boy Go Pats asks, Hey Matt, what do you think the holdup is on Don Coriel going to the Hall of Fame? I agree with you that he's a huge innovator of today's passing game, option routes, single back sets, etc., and should have already been inducted. What will, what will sway the votes? Another thing he did, too, is nobody used a tight end like he used Winslow before that either. I mean, that was made him almost more of a receiver, obviously. Um, that was absolutely gigantic. But I don't know. I mean, what will sway the votes? He's not going to increase his stock going forward. Um and this year is a tough year. I, I, I tend to think he might not get in, or maybe he's one of those guys that is a, finally a veterans committee dude. I mean, because he's been up a long time. What's going to change? I mean, maybe he gets a, quote, lighter year, and the, you know, somebody votes him in. I mean, but who's really pulling for him? I mean, who's banging the table for Coriel to get in? And maybe the people that really saw him at his prime that would, would be banging the table or past their primes themselves. You know, I mean, this is a guy that was a, at his best in early 80s. And, you know, I was a young, I was a seven, eight years old. I really think he belongs. And I don't know what else to say on this subject except for um, maybe somebody finally comes to their senses. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Sorry, man. Joshua Silber asked quite a few. Has Russell Wilson firmly put himself this year in the future Hall of Fame discussion? Um, I've kind of said that all along. That I thought his career path was going that way. Already has a Super Bowl win. Another appearance. This year, he's going to be in the MVP consideration. Still a young man. Has won a ton of games. So, yes. But... The way he phrases this question makes it sound like it's a new development. I'm not sure that it is, but he certainly has enhanced his um, his stock for sure. He also asked me, who, do, who are your favorite fantasy analysts in the business? And I will say there is a ton of them now. So I'm absolutely going to miss some. Um, I think... Evan Silva does a great job. I mentioned Ross. You know, he has a, a podcast with Ross as well as doing a lot of Roto World stuff. For you that don't know, Ryan McDowell and I have a Dynasty podcast, which is a little more advanced. I mean, it, and Ryan does a terrific job. He's a friend. He's a partner in this podcast. All the football guys, Sig, Cecil, all those guys are excellent. The, the fantasy guru people are excellent. John Hansen, I've gotten to know him a little bit. I'm sure I'm missing 80% of the good ones because there's a lot of very, very good ones. 
But those were kind of the top dogs that came to mind. Um, Jeff Ratcliffe over Pro Football Focus, too. I, I just kind of got turned on to him lately. But I, I think he's really, really good. And I, I urge you to check him out, too. Michael Higgins asked, what would you do about the Giants' QB situation the rest of the way? Well, it sounds like Eli's starting. So, okay. Um, I, You guys could listen before. I mean, I understood going away from Eli if you actually thought it was the best big thing for the organization in that we want to analyze Geno and especially Webb, but now you're going back to him. I still think Eli gives you the best chance to win games. But let's talk about from an off-season perspective. And this is going to be hard to do because they're obviously going to have a new coach and a new GM. And the Giants' history has told us that they're an old-school model that is going to go get a GM and have that GM hire his coach. So speculating who the next coach will be, who knows? I mean, maybe Josh McDaniels. I mean, I know he's going to be one of the hottest names. I would think... The thing is, that's a pretty good job. You know, you're going to have the first... A pick in the top three, top five, maybe second, something like that. I think right now they currently have number two. I think the defense is basically plug and play. Hire a good defensive coordinator. There's horses over there. Tweak it a little. You get Odell Beckham back. Oh, by the way, maybe you move on from Brandon Marshall. But, I mean, and a running back wouldn't hurt. An offensive lineman certainly wouldn't hurt a tackle. And you got to address the quarterback situation. I don't think you go in with Eli, Geno, and Webb. I think you move on from Eli. You, you clear yourself of that. You bring in a new era. Geno Smith, to me, is an NFL quarterback. But spec, And I'm not avoiding this, but he fits certain systems. So, if the you know, you don't obviously make your coaching hire based anything on Geno Smith's skill set. But... If he happens to fit your new coach coordinator system, keep him around. Otherwise, I think you'll find a home somewhere else. Webb is staying, but again, don't. I think he's a certain type guy too. He's a pocket passer, but don't base your quarterback decision on. Boy, we need somebody to turn Davis Webb into our starter. If it happens to fit, great. So, I basically think that you you try to. Win with defense next year, a running game with a rookie quarterback, probably. I mean, I don't see them. I mean, I guess they could get involved with a Bradford or a Bridgewater. I I mean, I don't see them spending on Cousins. But they're going to have a lot of options. You know, I mean, I tend to think that you don't pass up the quarterback at the top of the draft for an organization that doesn't usually get the opportunity to pick that high that often, is I guess is the answer. But not knowing the coach, I'm kind of dancing around your question, honestly, a little bit. But there are going to be options, and that quarterback should have a pretty friendly, certainly trio to throw to, Shepard, Engram, Beckham. Maybe get something going on the ground and build a running game around that guy. Um, and they should have a defense. So I don't know who the guy would be. The rest of the way, I guess you just play Manning, though. Um, Blowout situations, I'd love to see Webb in there, but, uh, you know. Lee Wisniewski asks, If you are stuck on a desert island and all you have is a solar-powered TV-VCR combo player and a mini-fridge full of beer, what one game do you want... What one 
game tape do you want and what kind of beer? Let's start with the beer. Um, I'm assuming this is not a chilly environment. See, in the world of beer, I'm so far behind. It's kind of like music. Like, Guns N' Roses is new to me. You know, so that I don't do any of the micro brews and all the cool beers that are out there. I'm a macro brew dude, and my fun friends make fun of me. Almost anything I drink is in a green bottle. Um, and if it's winter, fall, it's probably Moosehead, Heineken, something along those lines, Molson Golden, St. Pauli Girl Becks. Those would all be pretty high on my list. But in this situation, I'm envisioning myself on a hot desert island. Um... Therefore, it has to be Modelo, Red Stripe, or Green Bottle Dos Equis. So give me a fridge full of, give me a fridge full of Red Stripe. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'll take that's that'll be my pick. As for the one game I get to watch, it would have to be something Lemieux related. I was thinking maybe I would pick like one of the shutouts from the '76 Steelers. When I thought when their defense was unbelievable and just watched them maul people, but I think I would have to pick whatever Mario's best game was as kind of my childhood idol slash favorite athlete and just watch him be a total stud. Brian H, if you are a team in need of a quarterback next year. Would you want Eli, Garoppolo, Alex Smith, or a college prospect? First off, this is easy. I mean, Garoppolo by far. Garoppolo, gap. Next guy. I mean, and, and that's in, that's factoring in money, age, um, upside, what we know about them. Playing right now. I think Garoppolo's an utter star. I mean, I've been telling you guys that for a long time. I think he's more of a bird in the hand than any of the college kids. And I have to preface this and put an asterisk by it too, that I don't yet know the college crop that well. I mean, I know the names, but I can't really break them down to the level of where you guys would want them. If you're asking me, who do I want to win with next year? One year, I would go Garoppolo... Smith, Eli, unnamed college prospect. If I am building a team, or who do I want, period, it's Garoppolo, college prospect, Smith, Eli. (laughs) All right. Joe asked me, if Shazir plays football again, has anyone mentioned his tackling, spearing techniques needs to change in a hurry? Injury waiting happened, and it, again, it was reflected. Uh, I've actually brought this up a lot um, on Steeler Nation Radio, and I'm probably on this podcast. And I don't mean to sound coarse at all. You know, I mean, I am very worried about Ryan. I hope he returns. Even if he never plays football again, I hope his health isn't affected by this. It was very scary. A lot of people I know know him well and think he's a great guy. And obviously it affects my hometown. And my young son, who's a huge Ohio State and Steeler fan, is on the end of his seat for Shazier News. So, I mean, trust me, I, I, I am 
all my condolences and worries are in Ryan's corner. That being said, teach your children not to tackle that way. You know, I mean, this was a self-inflicted wound. He tackled with the top of his helmet, and there's two things wrong with doing that. First off, what just happened can happen. It can jam your neck, and you're getting impact on the very top of your head, as opposed to your forehead and your face mask. Secondly, from a football perspective, you miss a lot of tackles. And Shazier is an extremely fast player, and he misses a lot of tackles. Some of them are because he's almost too fast for his own good, and he can play out of control. But some of them are because, coming in for the tackle, he drops his eyes and is looking at the turf when trying to tackle. Elite athletes. You tackle with your head up, with your you know face and forearm, face and forehead up, and preferably to the side of the player and on the ball. That's not always possible, but I hate to say it. I mean, this is a self-inflicted wound by Ryan, and frankly, it's just a bad habit. You know that you're flying around at a million miles an hour, you revert back to bad habits. I'm sure his high school coach, his Ohio State coaches, his linebacker coaches in the, in the pros have probably tried to correct it. But on game day, when you're flying around, that's easier said than done, and you revert to bad habits, and it's a bad habit for him. Fresh asked me, are the Raiders winning the AFC West? Huge game this week against the Chiefs. We will preview that tomorrow. Of those three teams, though, Oakland has by far the hardest schedule. I also don't believe in their defense at all. Um, the Chiefs have the easiest schedule. However, if they lose to the Raiders in Kansas City this week, then obviously they have a big advantage. I still think the Chargers are the best team. Their schedule leans closer to Kansas City's than it does Oakland in terms of difficulty. Um, meaning it's easier than it is hard, more or less. I didn't say that right, but um, I think the Chargers win the West. I, I picked them to win the West to begin the season. Nice work by me. I looked like an idiot in October. But I think they're clearly the best team in the division, and I don't think their schedule is super scary. You know, So give me the Chargers. Um Oh, by the way, that Desert Island Quest, speaking of Go Chargers Go, that Desert Island question was also asked to Roflo. And uh, what did he say? He actually re returned the... He said the 78 Oilers versus Dolphins Monday Night Football would be his game of choice. And he didn't choose a beer. So, come on, Roflo, step it up. What kind of beer do you want on the island with us? Um, can the Bengals, Brian Smith asks, can the Bengals recover from that Monday night beatdown and get back to playing well? Also, what in the world are they doing with John Ross? What in the world are they doing with John Ross? Here's my take on Ross is maybe he's in the doghouse. Maybe he doesn't know the route tree, but he's still really fast. And you could put him out there for a dozen, 15 snaps and even put it up on the scoreboard. I'm going to run a go route and let him run go routes. And that in itself would have enough value to have him active on game day with that speed. And what'd you think you were getting when you drafted him with the ninth pick overall? A little fast dude, you know, so let him go be little and fast. I don't understand it at all. I mean, to play guys like Malone, who's fine, but there's a reason you use this first round pick on Ross. And I thought it was a weird pick from the beginning. 
you don't protect well, your quarterback's not that much of a deep passer, so you take a pure deep threat threat that is frighteningly fast. I don't get I didn't get that then. Can they rebound? Well, they're dealing with a lot of injuries. They have ran the ball really well the last two weeks. Um, I don't think they can get back in the playoff picture in the AFC, but I think they can, you know, win games going forward. I mean, uh, uh, that being said, I think Marvin is probably, probably done. Um, and I, I think that might be best for all. Last question, Joe Gear. Which AFC playoff teams would the mo- would be most scared to play the Jags? Well, Jacksonville came to Pittsburgh and beat up on him pretty good. I wouldn't think the Steelers want to see him. Um, would New England be afraid of him? I don't think. I mean, every, nobody wants to play the Jags. I mean, that's the best defense in the league. But I would think Belichick would do a pretty darn good job of bottling up Fournette and making Bortles' life tough. Titans are very familiar with them. I think Jacksonville's better than Tennessee. I think the Chargers could handle them rather well. Rivers is an experienced guy. Their edge pass rush would cause a lot of problems. Keenan Allen would probably do pretty well. I mean, you got to think any of these teams, any of these games against Jacksonville in the postseason are, you know, low scoring. Hope Bortles makes a few boneheaded plays, which is certainly possible. Don't allow a pick six situation. Um, who else am I missing here? Um, Raiders, I don't think they're going to the postseason. But how about Jacksonville versus Baltimore? Is it like first one to six wins? I mean, it's kind of how I feel that would be. I guess that that would be a formula Jacksonville didn't want to play. Like, hey, they could beat us at our own game and they're better on special teams. The answer is I don't have one that sticks out like, boy, I hope we don't get Jacksonville or boy, I hope we do get Jacksonville because their defense is awesome and their offense isn't. All right, guys, tomorrow we're picking games. That is a wrap. Over and out.